0: I know that we still have some folks making their way to their seats, and so, and apparently we want to make sure everything is in place. (laughs) Louis making sure we're all safe and secure. So, So, again, good morning everyone, and grace and peace of our risen Lord be with you. It is a joy to welcome everyone to worship this morning here at Pendleton Center United Methodist Church. My name is Scott, I'm part of your pastoral staff. And again, I greet you with good morning. I'd like everyone to just take a minute and share that greeting with everyone else. Share, wave, maybe get up and shake one or two hands as we greet each other with the joy and peace of Christ. So as we gather today, of course, it is the second Sunday of Advent, and our focus today is peace. We are also continuing a sermon series called Come Home for Christmas, Come Home for Christmas, and our focus today is laying a foundation, laying a foundation. So with that in your heart, let us come before our God together in prayer. If life was a home, then we would pray. May love be the foundation. May God be the cornerstone. May the spirit be the windows ushering light in. And may hope be the walls holding us together. In this hour of worship, let us work toward building that home together. Let us give thanks for a foundation of love. Amen.
1: Good morning, everybody. I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing one of our traditional hymns, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, God with us.
2: As we reflect on the foundation of our faith in our lives, we gather together around the candle of peace. The home we long for is a home that knows peace, peace that rests between us and our grief, peace around our anxiety, peace between us and our self-criticism, peace amidst our relationships, peace at the core of our being, peace hovering through and in our world. The home we long for is a home that knows peace. So today we light the candle of peace as a reminder and as a prayer. Let it be so, amen.
3: morning thank you Angela I want to um, share as we move into uh, the time of offering that angel tree gifts as you can see we've outgrown our living room up here and the gifts are now being stored um, safely but next week is the day next week is the deadline for angel tree gifts um, and we're just so thrilled that Uh, so many of you are making Christmas brighter for some of our families and the families at around Niagara Falls our special offering um, today is our uh, Good Samaritan fund which is a fund that we use to help people in the congregation connected to the congregation In times of great need or difficulty and so we invite you um, to give generously as you are able to that special offering uh, this morning or anytime one of our our scripture reading is going to be about Zechariah and Zechariah meeting his newborn son John the Baptist Zechariah gave one of the greatest gifts he could give to his son he gave him a foundation of love words of purpose and pride and love and belonging. And so, in turn, remembering that joyful day, we try to make whatever impact we can. And we pray that the gifts we give now, our time, our money, our talents, will be infused by the Holy Spirit so that um, we can make a more purposeful world that is built on a foundation of love and belonging. So I invite our hearts and our spirits to be open during this music and offering of gifts and talents and during whatever um, sharing in our own minds and decisions that we make about how it is that we use the gifts that we've been given to serve and honor God. God, you are our home. You and your goodness are the place that we come back to, the place that we long to lay our head. So today as we offer you these gifts, we pray that you would take this offering and turn it into ministry. Use these gifts to transform the world we live in so that we can better reflect the home you envision for us, a home of peace, a home built on the foundation of love so gratefully we pray amen you may be seated
2: good morning do we have any joys or concerns that we'd like to bring up today Please pray with me. God of days gone by and God of the here and now, we understand the story of Zechariah. We know what it's like to be speechless. We know what it's like to be awestruck. We know what it's like to change plans and leave everyone whispering. What we don't always know is what the next right step is. We crave your voice in our ear guiding our steps, revealing the way. So today, God, we pause to give you thanks for the things that leave us speechless, for love at first sight, for moments when the doctor says the scan is clear, for the family that runs to meet us at the airport and welcomes us home. For every small miracle and concentrated beauty in our life, we are awestruck, we are speechless. And we are so deeply grateful. But in between whispers of deep gratitude are people who are speechless for other reasons. We are speechless because of the suffering and despair, grief and loss, violence and injustice in our world. With every young person killed in the street, we lose our breath. With every threat of violence, we lose our words. With every updated report on climate change, we lose our peace and the cycle goes on and on and on. Creator God who breathed life into us, move between us and our despair. Give us a voice to speak gratitude in the face of beauty and justice in the face of destruction. Give us words to heal when there is hurt and to invite where there is isolation. There are so many things that leave us speechless, O oh God, but we never lose your words of love and hope. So today, we pray to you, in your name, amen.
4: Good morning. Good morning merry christmas no it's a little early but it's a festive season our is decorated beautifully and it's, it's gonna be a great great month for everybody i can just feel it so i, I have to read this prayer before i get to our scripture um, lesson today so if you would bow your heads and pray god who speaks a good news language we admit listening has never been our greatest gift We are easily distracted. Our minds run a million miles a minute. We doubt your faith in us and take the easy way out when it comes to hope. So today, we bow our heads and ask for help. Settle our hearts, quiet our minds, steady our breathing, help us to rest in you, help us to listen for your good news. Gratefully we pray, amen. And today's scripture reading is taken from two books of the Bible, The first is Luke 1, verses 57 through 66. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. The second reading is from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you, to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Would you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for this moment. Give you thanks for this time of worship and praise where we have lifted our voices and opened our hearts. Lord, now we pray that you would move among us mightily, plant seeds in us that will grow and bear fruit for the honor and the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So as we said during our greeting time, it's the second week of Advent, second week of this sermon series called Coming Home for Christmas. Come Home for Christmas. And last week, Pastor Kathy helped us remember what it's like to want to come home, what it means to be homesick, how our souls long for that place of safety, that place of comfort, that place where we can be uniquely and totally ourselves. No worries, no fears. This is home. Today, what we want to talk about is what that house is built on laying a foundation that creates that sense of home. Now, for many of us, that's not hard to discern that what makes home home for us is love. We understand that. We know that we are loved in a place that we consider home. And if you had the experience where wherever you lived may not have been a place of safety or comfort that felt like a place of true love, Hopefully you've been able to find it somewhere else. Hopefully you've been able to find it here to know that you are loved and welcomed unconditionally. But home is rooted in love. That's our truest foundation. So thinking about this idea, though, is what does a foundation really do for us that makes that special? Now, knowing that there are some folks among us who are engineers and people who work in terms of buildings and things like that, there are people who could explain this far better than I could. But a simple thing is this, that if you have a foundation, it's not just the bottom, right? It's not just the first floor. What makes something a foundation is that it has to support everything that's on top of it. It has to be load-bearing. And I want you to think about that in terms of what you just heard me say, about love that for something to have love as its foundation love has to support everything that comes from it. okay so keeping that in mind as we think about what God has done for us what it means to come home for Christmas we can see how important a foundation is in the story of Zechariah so when we come to the scripture today it's already sort of fast forwarded into a later part of Zechariah's journey because Elizabeth Zechariah's wife is already giving birth but Zechariah is introduced to us earlier in the chapter and when we think about what what Zechariah has done you got to remember who he was Zechariah is a priest he's a priest from a relatively small town and we don't even know which one but we do know that he and Elizabeth lived there that they were faithful and upright, considered really good people of faith. But Zechariah is on duty at the temple in Jerusalem because the way that worked is different priestly divisions took turns taking care of functions at the temple. So while he's there, it's his turn. He gets drawn by Lot to go and burn incense in one of the holiest parts of the temple. While he's doing that, the angel Gabriel appears to him and tells him that he and his wife are going to have a son. This is a huge deal because, first of all, there's an angel involved. So that's a huge deal. But what we also know about Zechariah and Elizabeth is that they were older. And the assumption was that they were never, they had already missed their time. And so, in their culture, to be childless was considered to be bad news. That people used to think that somehow not having a child was a reflection of God's anger against you. So they had dealt with all of that. And now, being older, here's this miraculous vision that comes in He's in this holy place, He's doing His priestly duty. And an angel of God appears to him with what you think would be pretty great news. But Zechariah is all too human. (laughs) Because what happens is when this occurs, Zechariah asks a question. Now, questions themselves aren't always bad news. Remember, Mary asked a question when Gabriel appears to her. But what's clear in Zechariah's question is that he really doesn't believe what Gabriel has to say. That's the underlying piece, that when he says, how can this be, Gabriel discerns that he just doesn't believe him. And so you got to hear what Gabriel says to him. So in verse, in verse 19, this is what we get. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. I was sent to speak to you and bring this good news to you. Know this, what I have spoken will come true at the proper time. But because you didn't believe, you will remain silent, unable to speak until the day these things happen." So that's the prelude. We enter the story later. Because as you heard, read today, that Elizabeth, Zechariah's wife, is now giving birth to the son. And while this is happening, they have the birth. John is born. He's healthy. He's normal. And then they go on with the rituals that they're supposed to do. As we said, they're faithful people. And so on the eighth day, they take him to the temple for his circumcision, which is in keeping with their tradition. Now, what's fascinating about this is Zechariah is a priest but he's unable to speak. And Elizabeth is in the room, but apparently there's this crowd that's there. There's this group of people and they've sort of taken over the event because what you hear and what you heard read today is, they, that's this great big mysterious, they, were going to name the child John after his father. That is in keeping with the tradition, right? Because it was a big deal. That if you had a father that was esteemed or somebody else in your family who was highly regarded in the culture, it was pretty traditional to name a child after that person. But then Elizabeth tells everybody, no, his name will be John. Then again, they (laughs) apparently just not going to pay attention to Elizabeth. (laughs) Like her answer is not good enough. She's only his mother, right? (laughs) But that being said, they turn and go to Zechariah. And they ask him. (laughs) And he gets a tablet because he's unable to speak. Remember what Gabriel has already pronounced. And he says his name will be John. This is important. Because in this moment, we see Zechariah return to his foundation. Because he had wandered away from it. You heard me say when we were introducing him that he's a faithful person. That he's highly regarded. That he's a priest and he understands what this is about. He does his duty. He gets it. But when he had his big moment, when God showed up and said, here's my plan for you. He failed because he let the ways of the world and what he understood about the world, what he believed about himself, get in the way of what God was already planning to do. And notice, he didn't stop it. He didn't stop God's will from coming to fruition. He just failed in his own way. And so having dealt with this, having dealt with the pronouncement of the silence, He comes now to the next big opportunity. Because in this moment, he could cave again. (laughs) He could let the world and its traditions win, or he could stay faithful to what he knows God wants from him. And as a person who is regarded as someone of faith, as someone who professes his love for God, as a person who has had the gift of divine visit, will he... Do what he has been commanded, because this is an important thing. Names matter, and names matter in this culture especially, because names spoke to who people believed you to be, and not only did that happen, remember something from that visit. I didn't read it to you earlier, but what happened in that visit is Gabriel, when he announced that this was going to happen, said, you are to call him John. The reason why that's important is think about this. Those of us who are parents, and you sit and you think about what you want to name your child, it usually means something to you, right? So to think about what it would mean for God to say, I am naming this child. That this is what I believe about this person. This is how he is to be understood. The name John is derived from a Hebrew term that means God is graceful. And so, Zechariah has a chance. Another chance to say, I get it. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to stay faithful. And in doing so, simply by writing that on the tablet he returns to his foundation with that in mind at that moment when he is able to say his name will be john god releases him to speak again now what we didn't read today is that he immediately launches into a song of praise and in that song of praise we get to see him actually living From that foundation. He goes back to God's promises. He celebrates who God is to him. And he speaks over his newborn son. You will be a prophet of the Lord. He celebrates who God is. What God has done. And what God is apparently laying before John. That's a tremendous way to celebrate the foundation of love that Zechariah had experienced already in his life. It's a perfect way for him to introduce John into this same foundation. So the question for us becomes, how do you experience such a foundation? As we've talked about this idea of home and what home means, your place of safety, your place of comfort, how do you understand what it means to stand on that supporting thing? What holds you up? That idea that where you were in that safe place, that comforting place, that place of family, that place where you know you are loved. What did it do for you? What has it done for you? And how are you making sure that other people experience it when they encounter you? Because when you think of what it means to be home, Not simply you being present in the building, but for you to actually be home for others. When you think of what it means to be home, what's the foundation of that for you? See, as we think about this season and what this season means, we know that our foundation is God's love for us. Because our ability to love flows from the fact that how much we are loved by God. Because when you consider what it means, that verse we are all so familiar with, that verse we all know so well, because we understand that God so loved the world that God gave his only son, that whoever believed in him would have eternal life. Don't forget the next part. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world might be saved through him. That is how much you are loved. And that love makes every other kind of love you experience in life possible. And when you know that and you understand that in that It's what supports everything else that you do. That's a real foundation. Because every other decision, every other choice, every other behavior flows from you understanding that truth. And that makes it possible for you to then love God in return. That makes it possible for you to love your neighbor as yourself. Because that's what makes home so exciting. That's what makes home so special. That's why we strive for it, fight for it, long for it. Because home is the place where you know people are going to receive you in spite of everything you know not to be perfect about yourself. Home is the place where you know that they're going to take you in and heal you when the world beats you up and wounds you in any number of ways. Home is the place where you're going to experience the love that transforms you and inspires you to go out into the world and make a difference because someone else does not know what you do in fact know. That's who God is to us. That's what God has done for us. And that's what it means to be truly home. And knowing that to be true then we can grow into what we heard read in Philippians today. Because the Apostle Paul lays out a pretty bold vision for what it means to know love and be loved. Hear these words. This is my prayer. That your love might become even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters. And so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. This is what it means to have that foundation support you as you go into the world and live love the way Jesus lived it for us. So don't wander. Don't feel lost. Find real peace. We said this is the week where we talk about peace, right? Peace comes from understanding and walking in and trusting in that foundation. Most of us try to find peace by making our world quiet. We want to get rid of all the conflict. We want to get rid of all the noise. We want to solve all the problems, and we think that is how we will find peace. But there's a difference between peace and quiet. That's why we always have peace and quiet in the sentence. (laughs) There's a difference between peace and quiet. (laughs) Peace is understanding that you are indeed loved, safe, and okay. That no matter what is happening around you, you can have peace. Because peace isn't simply the result of there being nothing going on. Peace is understanding that you are walking in alignment with what God wants for you. Peace comes from understanding the presence of God is with you. Peace comes from knowing who you really are and not who the world says you are. That's how you find peace. So trust that. Stand on your foundation and truly come home. Amen and amen. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for the gift that is home. We thank you for who you are and the ways in which you have laid a foundation for us. Let us understand that you have spoken that same kind of praise and love over each of us, the way Zechariah spoke it over John. That we know that we are truly loved and safe if we would just believe it. If we would simply receive it truly in our hearts and then live it so that others would understand. We know this is your gift. And we know that this is what this season is truly about. Help us rest in that. Help us trust in that. Help us live from that. Amen.
3: As we were preparing for this series, the question was, what embodies home? And we came up with two possible scenarios. One would be a living room, which as you can see is what we chose. The other option would be a dining room, a table where, kitchen table, dining room table, where all the conversations are held. And so we realized that we come to this table We come to this dining room table that Jesus prepared for us because our home, your home, my home, someone's home may not be the place, but this is the place for everybody. In preparation for that, I would invite us to share in this prayer of confession. And let me say these words. In our scripture passage for today Zechariah a new father speaks to his newborn son John the Baptist for the very first time and I want you to imagine yourself in his shoes what would you say to a newborn sleeping in your arms what would you want them to know on their very first day of life would you What would feel important? I can imagine that all of us would speak words of love. It's impossible not to speak words of love when we're holding a newborn child, ours or somebody else's. And yet, as we grow up, it gets harder and harder for us to practice that. And so, we come to a place where we return to our foundation, to words of love, starting, and this may seem counterintuitive, love for ourselves. Remember, love God, love your neighbor, love yourselves. So let's pray this prayer of confession together. Holy God, when John was born, Zechariah leaned down and whispered words of love into his ear. We know that you do the same for us day in and day out, and yet we fail to hear it. We forget that in the beginning we were made good. We doubt that we could possibly be enough. We hustle for our self-worth and wear ourselves out aiming for perfection. We deflect words of praise. We hide behind shiny first impressions. Forgive us. Trusting our worth is the hardest job. Opening our ears as you open our hearts, so that we might rest in the foundation of goodness you have laid for us. Gratefully we pray. Amen. Family of faith, no matter how old we get, God continues to say to us, You are loved. You are forgiven. That is the foundation of our lives and our faith. That's the truth upon which we build our homes. So breathe deeply because there is grace and peace here. Join me in proclaiming this good news. We are loved. We are forgiven. We are claimed. This is our foundation. Thanks be to God. Amen. The Lord be with you lift up your hearts let us give thanks to the Lord our God God of our salvation we sometimes feel we don't deserve your love and yet you lavish it upon us not being content to be apart from us you came into you came to us in human form you took on flesh and became one of us you are not a God that is far away from our reality. You are present in our lives and our struggles, and we lift up to you our thanks for your presence among us. We give thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, the very incarnation of your being on this earth. With all creation and all peoples in every time and place, we join the everlasting chorus. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We remember how you were called, how you called your servant Mary to bear your son, how you called your servant Joseph to accompany her, how you called the wise men to search and shepherds to ponder, How you called John to proclaim and Jesus to be baptized. How you called Peter and the disciples to follow and serve. With them we gather on this night on which Jesus was betrayed when after having dinner with his friends, he took bread. He blessed it. He gave thanks to God who had given it. And he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, take and eat this, all of you, in remembrance of my body broken, that you might be healed. Likewise, he took the cup and pouring it, he said, this is the cup of salvation. Shed my blood. It's shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as long as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the resurrection of our loving Savior until he comes again in everlasting glory. As we wait during this blessed rest known as the season of Advent, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We give thanks for your gifts of grace and we ask now for your Holy Spirit to descend upon this bread and cup. May they be for us a very true and honest remembrance of what you have done for us. You gave your Son that we might be saved. As we take this bread, may we know that you are present now and forevermore. And know that as we share in this time we are with you and you are in us and so now hear us as we pray the prayer you taught us to pray saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The servers. Please join us. table is prepared and all are welcome. I invite you as you feel led to come down the center aisle and return to your seats um, by the outside or whatever you figure out is the best way to get back to your seats. There is a regular bread with gluten at these two stations and gluten-free bread um, over here both in to take a piece and also pre-packaged on both sides. Please come as you are led, and everyone is welcome.
5: Golden
1: build our lives on the foundation of Christ and I'm gonna borrow some of Pastor Scott's words from last night that stayed with me we have access to a love that receives us a love that surrounds us and a love that propels us and in this moment I'm hoping that that love will propel you to join and stand with me as we sing another favorite "O come all ye faithful Song today is "You Are Holy, Prince of Peace," and just to give you a little heads up, men, we would like you to follow Tom Crosby. Ladies, follow Song and myself. Uh, we've, we're dusting this one off. We've done this one many years before, and we will repeat it enough. So if it's a little rusty the first time around, you get a couple more chances. <laughs>
0: Remember that you are loved, remember that you are claimed, remember that you are forgiven, and that is indeed the foundation from which all else springs in your life. Go into the world and live accordingly. Now in the name of God, our Creator and King, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, our Comforter and our Sustainer, may God bless us now as we leave to love and serve God and all God's children, amen.